Welcome to the Outer Realms with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. Do not ask me what happened there. It just wasn't working with me. Anyway, uh, we are broadcasting live right here in the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3, 107.7 FM from New Orleans, and Roku TV. For those of you guys who um, do frequent Roku, find us there as well. We're fully sponsored by the amazing folks over at Folgers Coffee, who have been basically a part of our journey since the beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also, very grateful for Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, for his contribution of his time, his voice, and his music for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found anywhere that good music can be found. So check him out. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the artwork here at The Outer Realm. So thank you, Steve. Find him on, again, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, tonight, we welcome for the very first time Heather L. Arnold. She's going to be discussing her continued research and new subpack, The Island of the Giants, The Lost Race of Giants of Aruba, Bonaire, and I'm going to see if, see if I can say this properly, uh, Curacao. Yeah, that's right, Curacao. <laughs> you know how many times I have to sound that thing out today? Yeah, when you see a little squiggly under the sea, it's an S. I know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, I feel like, I was, like I'm learning some hooked on phonics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Spanish is hooked on phonics, so. <laughs> just like, what? I know, it took me a few That's shots funny, though. Out, so That is funny. Like... <laughs> anyway, um, guys, I see there's already people chiming in uh, with questions. Please note <laughs> that we are, we have eight, well, actually seven different chat rooms that are like all come to the soundboard. So it's kind of like having seven lanes coming down into one. It's not like we're ignoring anybody, but we just have to work in order on all the chat rooms. And we have to go with the pace of our guest as well. So I see some good questions coming in and there are questions that actually I thought of as well. So it'll be nice to share them up. So Joseph, we will get to you. Uh, big hello to you, Tamara and Mark. Hey, Mark, how's it going? We're just waiting for Heather to come in. <laughs> so um, it should be interesting. Um, anyway, oh, look at that. Okay. Waiting. So how are you? Well, I'm okay. How are you? Oh, it's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> so leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a day. I'm in a nice, heavy sweater prepared for the insanity of tomorrow. Just saying. Tomorrow night, we're expecting a storm until okay. Saturday because, yep. you know, March comes in like a lion. 
It does indeed. <laughs> so yeah, quite a bit of snow coming yeah. mixed with rain. So always like, I'm just, I just, I have no patience. <laughs> I'm needing no the sun. I'm, I'm missing the sun. I'm missing everything about it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really missing the vitamin D. I'm missing the heat. I'm missing the, the joy it gives you when you see it. I'm having right. issues with my sound. I keep adjusting it and it keeps sending itself back up to the top volume. I, I hear you. Perfect. <laughs> so, which is good. And I see that Heather is in. We're going to bring her in. Okay, people, here we go. Uh, can Heather take me to the crib? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, let us get there now, first, Mark. You're a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Hi. Hello, Hi. everyone. That's because she's in Aruba, where it's really yeah, nice. Exactly. Right now. It's not snowing like it is That's here. my kind of life, beach life. That's my life. <laughs> Heather, yes. how are you? Beautiful. <laughs> Great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. We've been looking forward to it. And it's I mean, your first time on, which is really awesome as well. And we've already had questions chiming in. We're just explaining to everybody they're going to have to wait till we get there. <laughs> so, um, again, what we'll do when questions right. come in, we'll put them up and Amelia will read them off because we have a huge, I mean, huge audio um, audience as well. So we just like them to, to be able to hear the questions so they understand what you're answering right. and so on. So you'll have to be a little patient with us there. But otherwise, we're, we're good to go. So I'd like to always start off with humble beginnings right. because, you know, one doesn't just fall into researching giants <laughs> without something that draws right. you to it. So I'm going to let you take it from there and uh, we'll, we'll keep up with you and jump in every now and then. Great. Well, um, again, thank you for having me. I'm actually broadcasting from the place where it all started, which is the Caribbean island of Aruba. Um, nice. For those who are unaware, Aruba is um, 16 miles off the coast of South America. It actually hugs the coastline of Venezuela. Um, some days we can actually see Venezuela from Aruba. Nice. Um, so nice. there are three islands that are called the ABC Islands, and there's Aruba, and then there's Curaçao and then Bonaire in that order geographically. Um, going to, towards the west. And all three of those islands um, were called the Islands of the Giants, and they were noted mm -hmm. on maps as such. I uh, came into this by moving to Aruba in 2005, and I started a tour company where my whole goal was to have historically accurate tours. And what I was finding through um, going and, and stealthily um, looking at other people's tours and or just speaking with tour guides in general um, locally was that a lot of the history being communicated to the guests was um, just made up, something for tips. And uh, it was a little bit frustrating, but it allowed me an ability to find something that's new about, was going to be new about my tours in that they were going to be historically accurate. And so I began to research the history of Aruba and it was so difficult to find the history of Aruba. It was um, very challenging, very cloudy, and um, it kind of just simply started 
when the Europeans came here. And that's kind of when um, they started talking about the indigenous population who was already here, which were Arawak, which um, most likely were from the mainland, uh, meaning South America. So I then thought, well, this is odd because, you know, Aruba had gold and has gold. I mean, a lot of Aruba's gold is still here and um, its location is very prominent. It was where all the, um, you know, the, all the action is very cl close to Central America and South America. It just didn't make sense. And then I found out that the children in school were being taught that the island was called the islands were called the useless islands. And I immediately hmm. triggered something like it was some sort of diversion because you're not going to call islands useless um, hmm. if they have gold. So that's true. <laughs> yeah. You liking? So then I began to um, do research online. I went to the archaeology museum. I got some books out. They have a great archaeology museum here in Aruba, by the way. Um, and so I, I found a um, one of the archaeologists from that museum uh, speaking at a conference. And he was... Uh, yeah. Um, You're really low, too. Hmm? Yeah, you're really low. Wow. And back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm getting a lot of feedback. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just phased out. You were gone completely. <laughs> and <laughs> it was really low. The soundboard's okay, so I don't know. Because we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, my, how's now? my sound? Oh, there you go. You're back. I had to lower it because when I speak and all three of us are on our mics, I'm getting, getting tons of feedback. feedback. So I'm just okay. going to mute myself while you speak so I don't. Okay. Yeah. And Heather just disappeared altogether. So. <laughs> but you're, you're good now. Like you're not freezing or anything. You were for a minute. So, okay. So we were talking about the museums, amazing museums in Aruba. If we can pick up from there, that would be great. You're freezing. You're lagging a little bit. You don't see me? Um, yeah, we see you. You're just, you're freezing a little oh. bit, but we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So when the archaeologist mentioned that there were no giants in Aruba you know, during a talk, um, can you hear me? Yeah, you're freezing up every now and then, but we're so far so good. Okay, good. So uh, when he mentioned that there were no giants in Aruba, I immediate, I immediately figured out that there were probably giants in Aruba because he was going on and on and really animate that there were no giants in Aruba. It was very strange. So I um, immediately began to research giants in Aruba. And what I stumbled upon were Vespucci's uh, letters uh, that he wrote after he had visited the uh, the New World, and the New World being South America, 
um, and some of the Caribbean. It was after his first and second voyages. And he, uh, the term, the Islands of the Giants, actually came from Vespucci and from his voyages there where he actually interacted with the giants uh, on Aruba. Some people say that perhaps Vespucci first landed in the island of Curacao, but actually mm -hmm. the first island he landed upon was Aruba. Um, and so then it was through that research of his documents, his, his documented story, his actual interaction with the giant, what they look like, what, um, how he feared for his, for his life and um, near, thought he was going to die the day he met the giants. And then, through, then I led me to look at the archeological reports and research the archeological reports, which all of my research is based off of the archeological reports coming mm -hmm. from Aruba, Bonaire and Curacao. And I have probably, I have not counted them. Um, I actually have a large suitcase because I'm still waiting for my stuff from the States, but a large suitcase filled with all of the peer reviewed journal reports, field notes, um, other printed and published um, reports of the, of the archeological remains of these giants. And it was through that research that I put to, together the story of these ancient, this ancient race of giants who inhabited all three islands approximately 5,000 years ago, but now with new updating dating, dating um, technologies, mm -hmm. we're finding that they're going back in some cases to at least 7,000 years, but it could be even longer than that. And quite frankly, that's what I think that it's probably goes back even longer than that. And, right. um, and that's how I began the journey of the islands of the giants. Well, it's fascinating. I have to ask you what your your take is on where do you think they come from? Just I'm only going there because you know there's so much that comes with the whole paranormal ufology side of everything. Oh, they came from space. They you know came in and people go, oh, they're the field. Like there's there's so much that you know, you're like, no, can we just talk academically for a second? So what is your take on where they came from, who they were? Um, you know, I, it's so puzzling because they, you don't know. Be, they simply appeared, apparently, in Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Um, they were not from, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao were actually at one point one island. And through a series of mega tsunamis starting in 500 BC, the islands were split into three. And it appears that these archaic humans, as the archaeologists refer to them, um, are pre or pre-Columbian humans, were not from anywhere else. We're not from South America. We're not from Central America and appeared out of nowhere on these islands. Now, interestingly, um, the, the story goes, the local story goes, that there is a stone actually that I've been to, it's on Bonaire, it's called the Mother Stone, or the Navel of the World, which is interesting because there's a Navel of the World in Easter Island as well. Mm. And this is a large monolith of limestone, and in the center of the monolith is an indentation and it appears such as a, as, a, as a navel, as a belly button. And it is through this navel that the giants were said to have been born. 
And from the backside of this navel going through the stone and into the center of the earth is supposed to be where the mother, the creator is. And from this mother, she birthed these giants through this, this hole, this belly button. And to this day, when you go and you visit Bonaire, it's quite interesting if you get to the stone, it's, um, it's really off the beaten path. And you'll mm. see a lot of skeletal remains scattered around the stone. It appears to be a place, and it's and it's known for um, being a place where animals go to die so that they can oh, get strange. back to source quicker. And so we saw many strange animals to, to this day. We took a picture. My daughter and I have a skull. We saw that still we can't figure out what the skull is of. It's very strange. Um, and also one of the uh, legends of that stone is that if you're suffering from any illness you or have any sort of dilemma in your life that needs clarification, you can crawl or climb actually up to the navel and it, you there's no way a human can go in there unless they're in the fetal position, which is quite interesting. And then hopefully then all your problems will be solved if you spend some time in that navel. Um, so that's the story that's told of the birthing of the giants. Personally, I have asked an archaeologist here on the island who's still an archaeologist, and I asked him, where does he think they came from? And he told me he thinks they have roots in ancient Egypt. And he uh, came to that conclusion based off of their physical characteristics, how they were light-skinned, how they have light hair, and the they also have cranial deformation, and it's a natural skull elongation. So it's not done mm. by head binding. No, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's it's very strange. The head, the, the elongation of the giants in here in the Caribbean is similar to the cranial elongation <coughs> that you'll see in some of the ancient Egyptian um, yes. mummies, such as Tutankhamun, Akhenaten, etc. So right. that could be one, you know, one way of them, uh, their origin story, but it's, it's totally puzzling. Although they have many characteristics similar to giants found globally, which, you know, I think, um, so you know, it's, it's, That's a big yeah, one. exactly. Sardinia, it's the, I mean, giants remains and stories of giants have been found Globally, I think the only place where we haven't heard any stories of giants is Antarctica, but so um, far, exactly, exactly. So, so far, far. Exactly. right, correct. It's it's interesting because there's still so much that has to do with giants, and let's say the mounds of North America, where a lot of people believe they're they're they could be partially the origins of the North American. Native people, the indigenous people, because so many uh, skeletal remains have been found in mounds that were indigenous mounds as well. And nobody seems to be able to figure out where some of these indigenous people actually come from. Do you right. think that your giants or giants in general would, you know, as soon as I say procreate <laughs> with, with, you know, women of natural, <laughs> of natural being, the whole in the field of things going to start coming out. I mean, I know it, but do you think that was a possibility or are we just looking at well, apples and oranges here? 
No, there it's a similar, you know, I from my window I can see one of the three of the most sacred cave sites on the island. They're caves that are inside of a huge monolith of limestone. And um, and there are several caves, but three of them show signs of habitation. One was um, simply set aside for burials. And this was, uh, this is a very inaccessible cave site. It's so dangerous. I went in it a couple of months ago, about two months ago for the second time. And I mean, literally it's such a dangerous trek. So um, you can tell because of the placement of where this burial is, these were elite status individuals. This was a site that was never to be um, discovered by others or in any way violated um, by the general population who was probably above being ruled by these giants, below rather being ruled by the giants. Um, and the similarity between the mound burials and the burial that in this cave is that the, um, the one of the popular forms of, um, of orientation of the bodies is in this uh, in the shape of spokes of a wheel so that there's a central skeleton in the center and then the heads from emanate head then to foot the foot going towards the outside from the center skeletal remains as if it's spokes of a wheel and this is actually a burial orientation that is found it was found it's since been excavated and the skeletal remains are who knows where, um, which is an age-old story. But they, uh, these, this burial pattern is actually repeated here in Aruba. And Aruba is pretty far away um, from the mounds uh, that actually have this, such as in Alabama, West Virginia, um, Ohio, of course. So, um, so that you know, could be a connection. Another interesting thing is that in, um, in the... 2003, there were genealogists who and other scientists who did an, an analysis of the mitochondrial DNA of the Aruban people to determine where their ancestry was. The reason why they chose Aruba is because Aruba was one of the few islands in the Caribbean that didn't um, bring over slaves from Africa because mm -hmm. the island is in a semi-arid climate and there's nothing mm -hmm that you can grow. So the Arubans were kind of insulated, especially the ones who never left Aruba. Their, their DNA is kind of intact. So after the analysis, it was determined that 70% of the Arubans had in them this archaic DNA. Mm. This, so this is the DNA of the giants. And so what probably happened um, because in the same cave site I mentioned, there is one cave set aside, and it is what I believe to be a birthing chamber. There is a petroglyph of a woman, and she's wearing a, a veil, a shroud, essentially. And in her belly, it, they, they put, made little cup marks for her belly button. And, and through her belly button is a little baby in her belly. And on the wall are little uh, are, are marks, are slashes. And the slashes can mean all sorts of things given the context. In this sense, I believe it's births. And so this would have been a birthing chamber. By the way, very strange 
supernatural paranormal things have happened in this birthing chamber as well, particularly um, with, I brought my daughter there, these strange lights showed up around her and um, it was actually quite magical. It wasn't scary, but it was definitely intriguing. My daughter also happens to be a Reuben, so that's actually uh, ah, there we go. interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, after seeing the slashes, you realize, wow, there weren't a lot of births. You know, I don't even think there were a lot of giants, although they were the elite status individuals clearly ruling over um, average statured humans who were around at the time. And we know that from burials where the, the two um, are mixed within the burial sites um, that, you know, and also giving birth to babies with elongated skulls can't be easy. So you realize that they were not a lot of them. And I think at some point, particularly after contact with the Europeans, that they needed to mate with average statured humans and and create now this this mixed gene pool. And I think that's essentially what happened for their own uh, survival. They began to just um, leave their little status, their little circle and and branch out to um, average statured humans. Right. So you have DNA that shows up as being like an ancient for, like DNA, but there's nothing to compare it to, I guess. Nothing, right? It was you can't determined get anything that from bones or anything. Well, the, the was determined that there's nothing even close to that DNA in existence. There's no modern DNA that matches the DNA. So it was assumed through deduction that it was this ancient archaic DNA from the archaic humans who lived here five to seven thousand or even greater years ago, which is quite interesting that the DNA is even still intact. But then again, people are still walking around with Neanderthal DNA That's and the DNA. So it makes sense that then this DNA would still be intact. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was going to say to go just a couple of steps back, the umbilical cord, like in her belly button, that this or there's a baby and this is birth, makes a lot of sense because birth, the baby's umbilical cord is life and it attaches to the mother. So just because I'm seeing some questions come through the chat room, that often when they were carving or leaving, you know, these well, carvings or paintings, whatever they were doing to communicate to the other world or to the generations to come that they left behind, that was how they told the story. It doesn't necessarily mean it's that, like a birth from this place, from the umbilical, like from the belly button. I mm -hmm. think it was just denoting that yeah. the, she was pregnant, you know, and that this was a baby inside of her. She also has, um, and I have pictures of it. Uh, and when, you know, uh, later when I give out my contact information, you can see the, all the petroglyphs yourself. Um, uh, there's also a cut mark for her eye. So the mother's eye is made into a small cut mark. And then in her belly, where her belly button would be, is a cut mark as well. And then yeah. the baby is behind there, which is quite interesting. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's as if it was done yesterday because the site is so inaccessible that thankfully it's one of these places that hasn't been um, terrorized uh, by vandals and or trampled upon by tourists. And so um, it's really been preserved due to the fact of its location. And it's amazing that 
the giants knew this and and that's why they chose this very sacred space. And mm -hmm. it would make sense that you would want birth to be in a place that's very protective and, and far away from others to disrupt um, what was going on, particularly if there were so few births and these were the elite ruling class, um, they would probably want to have it be as protected as possible. So it, it really makes sense, the genius of it all. And, um, mm -hmm. and in the middle uh, actual cave is um, just petroglyph panels filled with petroglyphs. And uh, there is no uh, activity shown of eating or living or burning fires in those three caves. It's as if each cave had a distinct purpose and the purposes didn't overlap, which is also quite intriguing. And, and that, that cave system, I think, is one of the most sacred spaces of the giants throughout the Caribbean. Right. It sounds like, you know, it's like a high degree of, of intellect there and spirituality, which is far different than a lot of the myths that you hear, you know, like, oh, they're cannibals. Like, have I, I mean, that you hear that <laughs> almost like, seriously, like, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've read about that, or I've heard other researchers say, oh, no, they were said to be cannibals. You know, and, and, and I keep saying, well, it sounds a lot like the whole Nephilim thing there. <laughs> That's a Nephilim idea. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? You know, I mean, I think that some giants probably did practice right. cannibalism. I think a lot of ancient cultures um, did have human sacrifice and sure. um, did have cannibalism. I, you know, was recently in Belize um, in January and, you know, that's the Maya where, you know, that towards that's the true. end when that's they true. weren't getting water and the people were going crazy. I mean, they, I, I went in a cave system where they had found the remains of a, a, an infant child with the umbilical cord still attached. So they were get they had sacrificed that child to the gods within the cave in hopes of rain or food or peace or war. So um, yeah, I mean, there, that is a common theme in, in ancient cultures. Um, there's no evidence here of cannibalism. The archeologists actually looked for that. And uh, for example, in Chaco Canyon, there was cannibalism. And you can see where they were digging out the bone marrow, where there were cuts that yeah. weren't from animals. They were clearly cups, cuts from sharp objects, even teeth, human teeth. And they also found the, um, the excrement, the like petrified excrement of the people of Chaco. And they found human remains within the excrement. So that's... Yeah. Something archaeologically speaking, you can determine, and it was determined that in Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, there was no cannibalism. I don't know. Does that mean there wasn't any at all? We don't know. There could be right. something we just haven't discovered yet, and, and that could definitely throw a wrench in the theory. But mm -hmm. as of now, there's um, allegedly been no cannibalism amongst the people here, and which is quite interesting because um, there's very little food source. Even at that time, it, Aruba was still a semi-arid um, place. However, the, the more you explore and look around, you realize there's so many things that you can actually eat. Seafood was mm -hmm. a very big um, 
part of their diet. As a matter of fact, they took the shelves and made mounds similar to the mounds that you find in North America. They're, they're called shell middens. But after doing a, a research on the mounds made of shells, even in Florida in the U.S., uh, I think that there was a more distinct purpose to the mounds. They have a shape to them. They have uh, their positioning is very specific. They're not just by the seashore, which is why archaeologists think they're just piles of garbage. They are also next to burial sites. Mm -hmm. Some of them have flat tops on them, which is you know very hard to do with shells. So it's quite intriguing. Sadly, one shell midden has been completely destroyed. Some of the shells are even extinct, and I mean they don't even exist. They're the shells are fossils, essentially. So mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, they they weren't, they, 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 if anyone could have had a reason to practice cannibalism, it might have been the giants here because they might have been running out of food. However, they, there's no evidence of that or of sacrifice um, at this time of humans. Now, there mm -hmm. are in the burials, sometimes birds will be found in the burials, um, turtles, turtles. Uh, turtle shells, bones, various bones from animals that some of them aren't even here anymore. And in two cases, um, actually three cases, two in Aruba and one in Bonaire so far, there have been remains of monkeys uh, no. with the burials. Those right. burials were only of females. So um, right. it's interesting. The burials were only of females and the monkey was only with the females in each case. But the monkeys did receive an elite burial. So they received the same accoutrements, grave gifts, etc., as yes. the females did within the burial. Yeah, yeah. You know, I also think maybe it would depend on the size. Like your, your islands, what was the average size? I mean, you hear stories anywhere of 7 feet to 15 plus feet. I imagine if you're on the higher scale of that, it's going to take a lot more food to sustain you as let's say a, a seven foot. I mean, we've had giants in our own time that were, you know, like seven feet that are in, in the uh, world record book, you know? So what right. were, what were your giants, you know, height? Well, the, the estimates are seven to eight feet, okay. but, um, but what's interesting about the giants is that it's not just that they were tall, they were wide. They were exceedingly wide. They were very big people. Their bones were so thick, in fact, that when archaeologists in one of the reports used a, a traditional cada human cadaver saw to mm -hmm. saw through the bone, the, the saws kept breaking. So they actually had to invent a specific saw to get through the bones. So these were massive people. They weren't just tall they were wide they were big their bones were big their heads were big um their 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 cranium was shaped differently and attached to the neck differently to accommodate a larger brain and a heavier brain case like a bigfoot um, type of stature um like, it, i'm not saying same individual that, i'm just saying type of stature just exactly. big all the way around a big all the right. way around exactly Right. Um, now, there are some reports in one of the archaeological reports that was published in 1980. It was reported that the giants were taller than eight feet here. Mm -hmm. So what happens <clears throat> is when you get archaeological remains and you look at them, first of all, the bones shrink over time. And secondly, height is determined by a mathematical equation that the archaeologists came up with, not necessarily the measurements, but more of a, 
um, hypotheses uh, based off of what they've seen in the past. So there's a chance that they're wrong and they admit that in some of the studies that these giants could have been bigger. For mm -hmm. example, the, the largest skull that was found um, and actually that was found in a cave in Curacao, that's almost a foot long, the skull. So these were very large people. To accommodate a skull like that, you would need a very large body. Also, yeah. now that I'm here, I'm, I have people showing me instances of giant footprints. And it's weird because these footprints are in solid stone and <laughs> they're in diorite or they're in basalt or well, they're- How in heavy are you? Yeah. So right. it's very interesting because you and you can see where the foot went in when it was soft because you can see the displacement of the material around the toes. And when they pull the foot up, you can see where you would pull your foot up and 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 how it would pull along this this kind of, you know, I guess, liquid stone at that point or whatever it was, um, even if it was because Aruba was originally a volcanic island, even if it were from lava, I mean, how do you step on lava? It's, you know, it's bizarre. So um, there, but there are megalithic sites here in Aruba and some of the stones have markings that no one has any idea how they were done. And perhaps this is again, following a theme that's found globally with megaliths of what appears to be a melting of the stone or some sort of manipulation of, of solid material to a point where you can mold it, um, however that might be. And, uh, and so that's actually intriguing as well here. I, I would believe that they had to be taller. I mean, most of the NBA is between seven and eight feet. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to make light of it. Oh, that's when you true. Said <laughs> feet, I'm that's like, a pretty big I guy. Watch, I watch basketball feet. and there, there's a lot. I mean, Shaq is close to eight feet. Like, right. So yeah. I, I would think that they were probably much bigger, but with people around the world, um, different cultures have, you know, like heights, like a lot of Italians are, are more on the shorter side than they are on the sorry guys, but it's true. Then they are on the taller side. And if they were, it's because their ancestors came from different parts of Europe or different parts of the world. And I think that, you know, perhaps um, Rubens, when they, they came into contact, because they couldn't have been just the giants to, to know these stories and to see it, they must have appeared really massive to them. Right. But I would think that they, my personal feeling from what you're saying, I would, I would believe that they were much bigger than that, especially with a foot long skull. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, agree. what's the, what's the diameter of that? An right. average adult head is between 20 inches and 23 inches, depending male or female. Right. What the heck is on a foot long? And, and, the, and their elongation is yeah. interesting because it just, it doesn't go up like the elongation because found in Paracas. It goes up and back. And back. So, so it's right. different than the, even the, the, well, the Egyptian, don't they have some that go up and back? Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. They so did. they could yes. have come from there. That's yeah. exactly okay. correct. Okay. Yeah. Thank so, you. I'm yeah, learning. So, so. Oh, yeah, no, no, of course. Because <laughs> okay. no, I've been to, I've seen the Paracas skulls in Peru and I, and those skulls go straight up. I mean, yes. they are your quintessential quote unquote cone heads, but this elongation is different in that it goes to the back, which is quite interesting. Well, um, this is why I go back to the whole Bigfoot thing again. Hey, do it. But there's, the, the, they have this kind of 
you know, cone sort of elongated. Right, they actually do. Too. It's just really interesting when you see that. Yeah, I know that. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's interesting because there is a cave here um, in in a very remote area that has these petroglyphs that look to be almost like Bigfoot. And it's a very strange vibe in that cave. And the 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 petroglyphs, um, one of them, you know, they, they're very boxy um, beings. They're mm. emanating up from the floor. So they show almost like they don't have movement, obviously, but they feel like they're moving and they're gliding up this, the wall of the cave. And one of them has its arm outstretched like, beckoning with long, long fingers. It's Aww. very, very, very strange. Um, and uh, so it's interesting you mentioned that. And, and even weirder still, there was a gentleman here in Aruba who was trying to get into the Guinness Book of World Records by living in a cave uh, for the longest period of time. He just came out, I think it was a year and a half or two years ago, I can't recall. And um, he, when he came out of the cave, he didn't actually make it into the Guinness book because of some technicalities, I'm not quite sure. But he has footage, video footage of some strange creature that he said was terrorizing him every single night. That's and I, I actually have it on some of my social media. And it's this like, in the back of the cave, you see it really quickly and it's almost like a, like a Bigfoot creature except it's almost like a greenish color. Um, it's very strange. So I often wonder. With the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, furry. I don't know. You know, it's like a big, hairy thing. It's very strange, very ominous. Um, so, you know, I wonder if the petroglyphs have any connection to that creature because all of them appear, all of them occur in caves. So... That's quite interesting. Another, you know, is there Bigfoot in the Caribbean? I don't know. I would imagine that everywhere there's some yeah. sort of creature. I mean, we have Yeti, we have Sasquatch, Canada, Bigfoot. I think that's just common. Why wouldn't it be there? Maybe it's just more of a focus here. But the that's world is becoming smaller, and we're so, learning so much more about it. Oh, we're squeezing um, everything out, too, so. Yeah, so... I just lost my time. I just want to say, Tamara, I hope you feel better. Thank you for, for joining us. One of our loyal loyal listeners and friend isn't feeling well, so she had to leave. But um, hope you feel better soon, honey. Um, um, I was going to ask, if someone had asked, Michelle put it up, well, do they, did they have the, the six digits or were they five digits? Yes, so there's no indication thus far of six fingers, six toes, or double rows of teeth, too. which is another um, thing that comes up sometimes with the giants. So yeah. there's so far no indication of that whatsoever. Okay. Um, simply okay. that they had five fingers, five toes, and and very large teeth. As a matter of fact, almost all the skeletal remains found were all found with teeth, full mm. sets of teeth. And the teeth were shovel-shaped incisors, some worn down DNA to the gum. Out of a tooth? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you could get. Can't you get DNA out of a yes, tooth? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, um, that was going to happen, and um, it's very strange the story. So um, there are two skulls that were uncovered in 1970 at the the, uh, the cemetery that is here in Aruba. 
located in an area of the island called Mount Look. And in that cemetery, there were at least now since been documented 72 burials, but there are many, many more. The archaeologists just stopped digging. Um, so there was a gentleman called Chris Angles, and he lived in Curacao, and he was determined to prove that there were giants on these islands through the skeletal remains. And he actually published a report called The Quest for Giants. Mm -hmm. And in The Quest for Giants, he has two skulls that he extracted from the cemetery. And one of them has its hand fused to its face still because mm -hmm. a lot of the burials where um, most of the burials were put in the fetal position with their heads resting on their hands. And some of them were in the supine position, which is very odd um, for that time period, very rare. And those were generally also the giants who had this special burial position. So he had the two skulls and then he couldn't get any archeologists to look at these skulls. He was so frustrated. He couldn't find any museum to house the skulls, so he created his own museum called the Curacao Museum. It's still in existence. Sadly, it doesn't have the skulls um, anymore due to a renovation, and the skulls are now and missing. the Smithsonian got their hands on them? Yeah, you know, no. I've, I've been looking for them for years, trying to oh. get them to come back to Aruba, but... Um, I'm hitting a wall, but nonetheless, so he finally got the head of the Tropical Museum in Amsterdam to come and to look at his skulls. So she did analysis of the two skulls and she determined that they were the largest skulls she had ever seen on earth. And the hand that was fused was the largest hand that she had ever seen. She was able to publish her report and it is in this um, archaeological report called The Quest for Giants. And she determined that what wa she wanted to do next was um, a carbon-14 dating. And th at that point, it, this is 1970, there was, they didn't really do DNA extraction, but she definitely wanted to do carbon-14 dating. So she was coming to come back, but she hopped on a plane to go to South America and her plane ended up crashing and she died. So that was the end of all the research on those skulls and consequently all the research on the giant skulls. That was the last research done. Can I, can I ask a question? Sure, of course. How, how, okay. We have Vikings that we know light bodies on fire and put them out to the ocean and then they, they burn and they oh, fall in. How do we know that? We don't know for sure about the different races of giants. We just know there are giants here. There's giants found there. We don't really know anything about races or their culture. Do you think it's possible that they could have had a race that did their burials on the water and we could have like skeletons just buried below like dinosaurs? Well, there could, you know, I think a lot of the archaeological history of Aruba is underwater. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, divers several years ago were diving and they thought they saw a, a, a modern human skeleton and it turned out to be an ancient ancient skeletal remains. Now with Aruba, there were mega tsunamis that hit these islands, Aruba mm -hmm. and Curacao and Bonaire. Um, I, I think it's very possible that a large part of the archeology, span particularly the archaic archeology span is submerged. 
And right. um, it's just a matter of getting the resources. The water is very rough in the area where I've seen some footage of stones and I know where the skeleton was found. Um, so, and these stones appear to be cut. Some of them have 90 degree angles. And that area is very dangerous. There are sharks, it's down deep. So it would take a, a lot of effort to get down there. And that's just in Aruba. Now in, in Bonaire, Bonaire has the largest cave system of the entire Caribbean. And out of its 400 caves, most are submerged due to um, the, the rising water. So that's another area where we don't know what's going on. Now, in Aruba and Bonaire and Curacao, there was one other type of burial that they do believe was burning because some of the bones did appear to be cremated. Um, and then they were almost calcified. It was very strange, mm -hmm. but it was determined that they, these bones had been over a fire. So mm -hmm. there were um, these, the burials were either placed into the ground or in very elaborate burials um, under or over um, yeah. the, the shells of, of turtles, for example, as well as being um, potentially cremated. And I think, I don't know if the, the, they purposely buried the bodies out to sea or it was just due to cataclysmic mm. events and um, water tables rising that those burials ended up under the sea. But mm. yes, I, I think a large portion of the the untapped knowledge is under the the sea here yeah i thought i thought so because i'm like it's not unthinkable i love the caribbean and i go to the caribbean and i love snorkeling so i am you know i know about there's so many things that are buried underwater and i was just curious because there there must have been some kind of hierarchy and, and rank amongst them as well as right. there is just with any tribe, there's a chief and there's, you know, the, there's always someone. You see, the thing with American culture, some yeah. of the chiefs were giants. Right. Yeah. And also, so, um, from my analysis, I believe that this was a matriarchal society. So nice. yeah. um, that the female was in charge. And so we know that, I think Sorry, it was guys. always that way. I think it was Sorry. the men that changed it. <laughs> Did I say we, that out loud? <laughs> some men changed it. We were always the boss. Like, come on, yeah. give birth. Give me a break. Yeah, but they revered <laughs> the goddess as well. Right. It was the umbilical cord that went down to, to the earth, right? Yeah. To the earth. Right. And, and with a hierarchy, like a chief or something, you might have a different burial for them because they were, you know, a leader in the tribe. Absolutely. And maybe there was a different burial for, you know, the other people in the tribe who were just followers and part of that tribe. But I'm sure everybody had a job. Well, the, the, that cemetery that I mentioned here in Aruba called the Malmuk Cemetery actually does designate who was in charge um, because the burials in that uh, cemetery are in the form of isosceles triangles mm -hmm. with the um, this a central what they with the archaeologists sometimes they think they're females sometimes they think they're males they don't know I tend to think they're females at the angles of the triangles and then other burials um, filling out the triangle and so this happens repeatedly in this cemetery but in the middle of the cemetery is a lone burial. And this burial is of the oldest, what's determined so far to be the oldest um, human that had died there. Um, she's a female. 
And she was uh, estimated to be about 44 years old or older, which at that time was quite old. And she has a hump back, um, mm -hmm. which is actually um, very interesting. Could be just because of malnutrition. But it appears that if you had some sort of physical deformity, you were also given an, an elite status. Oh, crazy. Which like is, today. Yeah. Yeah. What so her burial was the most ornate. She had the oh. most grave gifts. She had the she had the most complex burials where there was like a platform built under the ground, and then she was put, and then a large um, sea turtle shell, and then she was put on top of that, and then uh, there were yeah. other stones, and then on top of her burial on the earth there was a stone um, orientation of a, a circle of stones that were taken from a quarry that was actually a little bit far off. They were special stones. There was a little, there were shells put in the center that were very mm. rare shells. So she received the most complex burial and she was all alone. And this could be that she was a shaman or a, or, or a chiefess or definitely mm -hmm. someone of highest esteem. Mm -hmm. And other burial that has um, a human with, or uh, a human, archaic human with a deformity is one of a, a, a person who was a dwarf. So these mm. skeletal remains of this little person were found. And the little person- I was person gonna ask you about that, like dwarf, like I've, I've read about that. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times when you hear about the giants, you'll also hear about dwarves, which is very strange. Um, yeah. Unless you know, you're watching Game of Thrones, yeah. And everything, maybe there was really, it's rooted in reality. So this little person had a very rich life. They lived a very long life. It appears that maybe they were carried around um, to facilitate their ability to live. They weren't malnourished. So they must have received, you know, a, a lot of the best food. And as a matter of fact, there's a whole new archaeological um, uh, um arm that has branched out uh, that is about determining how people in ancient times were treated who had some um, deformities. And it appears globally this was something that went on in ancient times, that people who had these abnormalities, physical, what would we would think were physical drawbacks today, were actually considered gifts from their gods. And so these people were treated almost as royalty, um, given the, obviously, if this little person had, was lived full term, you know, the full term of their lives, was not malnourished, had no other physical ailments other than mm -hmm. their small size, then you can see that they were receiving the most food, the best care, and they were given an elite burial, which is quite interesting. I'm not making fun of you. I'm 5'4", so I would have done well in those times. I know. She's like, yeah, see, right here. Like, yeah, carry me around. Give me the best food. So carry happy. me around and give me food. Thank 5'4". No heels needed to wear, you know. It would have just been great. Exactly. Yeah. I would have lived really well. Why, in your opinion, do you feel this was all suppressed? Why was this all kept from us? You know, Because, I mean, I, this, this goes back to biblical times. This goes back to, like, ancient texts. Exactly. This isn't a secret. Right. I mean, I've, you know, for, at first, when I first started this process of research, I thought, 
why are they hiding it? Because really it would mean that our species has devolved and not evolved, which is mm -hmm. quite interesting. So yeah. um, some people say, oh, because of Darwin, you know, because Darwinism. But if you read Darwin's reports, which I have, he talks about giants in Patagonia. He talks about the giants in what is now Argentina and how he he saw them, he saw evidence of them, that they were super tall people, they were not of average stature, these were big people, that the, these giant people existed, um, and they existed like a on population, um, like, what do they call it, population replacement, like what happened to Stonehenge builders, who just, like, disappeared, and right. all of a sudden, a whole new race of people appeared in that spot? Yes. Could it be something, like, along those lines? I think, well, I don't think, well, in the case of the Caribbean, I don't think the giants ever disappeared. I think they just simply mated with average statured people. And that's oh, so why- they mated themselves out of existence. Exactly, exactly. Wow. That's what I think, that's what I think happened here. Oh, well, that's um, really interesting. Yeah, so I think the reason why it's suppressed is because it could mean that some parts of the Bible are actually historical representations, particularly in the Old Testament. Um, yes. Maybe it is true that there were giants. Now, if you admit that there are giants, does that mean the Bible is real? You know, because um, that would be, you know, of course, Christians believe and, and Jews believe the Old Testament is, is a valid Testament, document. More so, I find. But, right, but then you think, wow, okay, so if you're admitting there are giants, that means that the, the stories told in the Old Testament were based on historical knowledge. And I think that that could be part of it um, in a strange way, that there's a concerted mm. effort to deny the Bible and the realities in it. Um, maybe to take away power from certain groups or... Um, because, or I mean, even archaeologists like the Smithsonian, even, they all seem to be okay with, with giants up until, like, what was it, the 20s or 30s? All of a sudden, no, right. we're going to dump right. all this in the ocean. We want nothing to do with it. Things are disappearing. Like, what caused this sort of a, right. of a change to all of a sudden you're suppressing everything? You know, don't know. I it's know. just crazy. bizarre. I, I yeah. don't get it. I mean, for me, I, if I would think I said all the time, like if I were going to school and the teacher told me, um, you know, oh, tomorrow we're going to learn about the giants. I would be so excited. I would be like, wow, this is great. I can't wait to hear about it. And it would be so interesting. It would be invigorating for, for children to learn of it. And, um, you know, even, I, even in Curacao, I mean, this is a man who's since actually, he had a horrible story happen to him. So they, that's why they say the, the giants are cursed. Um, he, Chris Angles, who discovered those two skulls that are now missing who had to create his own museum in curacao called the curacao museum to house the skulls he was uh, standing on a street corner in curacao and he got hit by a car and he was killed so that was the end of his research into the giants so it's always some sort of um you think strange happening the current befalling these people who are researching the giants which is actually quite odd <clears throat> as well hey, i I was just checking. I shouldn't do this. I don't know. I was... That's the one. Sorry. Oh, no. I, I don't know if it was deliberate. I often wonder about that with him because he was a very outspoken character. 
I, I don't know, but um, it could, it's strange that he, you know, died under a, a violent death, essentially, as well as the former researcher did. Strange. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidence, so I lean towards, hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Amelia, go ahead. No, no, no. This is back to the, the NBA because it was throwing me off. The uh. average height, the 10 tallest NBA players are all above 7.5 inches tall, with the tallest being 7.7 .7 inches right now. So who are we to say that there isn't some of this DNA in their blood hundreds and thousands of years ago? You know, that's yeah. not normal. I mean, it's great if you're playing the NBA, but I'm saying it's not normal. All those Guinness Book of World Records, you're looking at all these really tall people. There's got to be some possibility that this is a gene that carried on from them somehow. Yeah, somewhere, yeah, like somebody is an intriguing concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, using them as right. a like as a as I, an example. I agree. You know, right? Yeah, because you know, it, whereas with the giants, it was common. Um, Vespucci, even when he arrived on the island and he wrote his letters of when he first encountered the giants, he first saw the women. There were women who came to him, and they were so tall. He mentions if they were kneeling they would still be taller than the men standing. Um, he mentions that there were teenage daughters that one of the women had and how they were double the size of these grown European men. Um, and then when the 36 men, giant men came back to the camp um, to thank goodness thwart the plans of Vespucci who were trying to kidnap the young women to take them back to Europe, um, these men, he said, were even larger. And what scared him the most were their giant weapons, weapons he had never seen before. They, he, The way they were constructed, he didn't even know how they were able to lift them. Hmm. So um, I think with the giants, yeah, it was, it was commonplace. They were all giants. And, and they probably looked at the average statued people like, something was strange with them or something was maybe wrong with yeah. them. And, and it's very intriguing. And then you have, you know, since I've, I, I've been in Aruba, I've talked to some local people who tell me, you know, I have in my family, Arubans who say, you know, we had an uncle we called the giant and he had giant hands and it was, you know, his whole body was uh, of giant stature, his hands, his, his face, his neck. And, and they just go to explain how he was so tall he could had to duck down to get into places. Um, and this is a, a story I hear repeated by several local people saying that they remember they had giants in their family. I got a message from someone the other day from someone who is a Reuben, but in Holland, how they are the, the tallest, they're over seven feet tall and mm -hmm. no one knows and no one in their family is that tall. And they always, he always was wondering, you know, am I part of the giants, you know, from Aruba? So, oh, yeah, yeah I think it's several completely. generations, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't, I mean, yeah, it's very strange. You don't know. And DNA is very complex. We still don't know as much as we think we know. And um, and there's still such more to discover. So there's, it's very possible that yeah, it there's keeps a lot cropping of up here and there. There's a lot of small things, like 1% of the world has gray eyes. My father had gray eyes. It's only 1% of the world population. Um, you know, other things uh, like hair color, red hair color is mostly 
you know, in, in the UK where you find true Scotland. redheads in Scotland. And why is that? So I, I don't see how it could, and no, I, I saw a comment. I'm not speaking theory, conspiracy theory that they mismanaged. I'm speaking natural progression through evolution. Um, that it's highly possible, just like why are some of us shorter than others? If you look back, you know, there, there's little people in the family somewhere and that gene just keeps going. Why is there a family who is average height and then they have one child who's like seven feet tall with these NBA players because there's a gene that skips and went to them. It happens. Mm. So <clears throat> it's highly, I believe it's highly possible. I've never had that conversation with anyone who's come on to talk about it, just you, because I feel comfortable. I don't feel like I'm, I'm an idiot, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Well, our friend Bart is on. Bart, Bart is also a host on here on yep. this network. Um, Bart Sharp. Hello. He says, there is a theory that the Bigfoots that mysteriously appear come in and out of a type of shadow dimension to this reality. Are there any stories of mysterious appearances of giants in current times? Current times. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting with the dimensions that he mentions that because um, I, I haven't seen any giants or apparitions of giants. Um, there's definitely things that go on with orbs here. Um, there are megalithic remains massive stones i mean the largest i've ever seen um here um in aruba specifically that clearly were built by the giants because they were so massive and if you look on a, glo a global scale you'll see these wherever there are these megaliths there are stories of these giants but also you will see um the petroglyphs and the petroglyphs here are they, uh, there are some of them that the archaeologists told me were portals. So mm -hmm. these portals could transport you to another part of the island, or they, they either go in or out. So they're either an exit or an entrance. So, um, for example, there's this petroglyph at this one place called Io Rock Formation. And that is supposed to be a portal and it's a drawing and it looks this it's a petroglyph that's found globally, which is another um, thing that's interesting that a lot of the petroglyphs found here that the designs are global representations that are found um, in very diverse places in Europe and South America, North America even in Africa and, and Australia. Um, and so the archaeologists told me that in, if you go by this one portal, it will take you to another set of petroglyphs. And That's interesting for an archaeologist. Exactly. Yes. So I, I, he, he tells me things, and then but won't say it in public, So, yeah. um, okay. because, which is very frustrating, uh, <laughs> to say the least, and yeah. really counterproductive. So... Um, for example, I had him, I was staying at an Airbnb one time before I moved here, right by the Iowa Rock Formation. And I said, to, and he came over for dinner and I said, I'm having like all these nightmares here. He said, oh, because you're right by Iowa. There's like, there's so many portals that open up and we were right by the summer solstice. And oh, he said, like it's nothing. Oh, yeah. Right, just right. Yeah, he said, nothing. that's why there's things coming in and out of the portals and yes. they're probably terrorizing you at night. So I thought, oh my gosh, I, I would all never. power spots that. have those. Even yeah. if you're the birthing area, I bet you. Exactly. Where, where so, animals go to die. Somebody right. mentioned that. William um, had asked about that. William Garrison, somewhere in. Sorry, guys, there's a lot of messages from seven different platforms right now, but asked about uh, stargates or portals. Yeah, right. about five pages ago. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's going. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, definitely. There are portals here. Um, as a matter of fact, I had gotten a message from someone when I was still living in New York about, he thinks he found a portal where he goes hiking and, and there's so much, you know, Aruba is a small Island, but a lot of it is unexplored. Um, mm -hmm. it's very inaccessible. It's hidden through, through vegetation. Um, so, this, uh, they said they went to hiking and all of a sudden the birds stopped chirping, the wind start, stopped blowing. And this is a common theme with these portals that yeah. you're going in and out of. And he was going to go check it out. And I said, you know, maybe you shouldn't. And that was the last, literally the last thing I ever heard from him. So I hope he's okay. Um, oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, I think these portals are, are in existence and it's possible maybe the giants even came through that. I mean, if you do believe in portals and Absolutely. the portals, you know, could have even been stronger back then. Vibration um, frequency uh, surrounded exactly. by water. Right. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of fault lines here in Aruba. Aruba is part, has experiences earthquakes um, and not, you know, grave ones, thank goodness. But there are earthquakes here. I've experienced them myself. So whenever there's a fault line and that's energy, you'll see strange things occurring. For example, in South Mountain, Phoenix, Arizona, in the U.S., there um, are fault lines that crack the rock. And by those fault lines, the native populations, the Hohokam, who have also disappeared off the face of the earth, they would do these strange petroglyphs of things that they saw, beings that they saw come out of these and crazy. these cracks were manipulated during the days in front of and after celestial events such as solstices and equinoxes. So um, this is, again, something fault lines and these petroglyphs and these solar events or even mm -hmm. supermoons, et cetera, Venus. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure this conjunction that we're having with Jupiter and Venus is Right um, now, yeah. you know, making a lot of energy. And so um, this is repeated all over the globe and it's happening right here too. So you have to also ask yourself if these were all contemporaneous events of people drawing on the stones in Phoenix, Arizona and people- well, they emulate what they see, right? Right, but the, the, the same petroglyphs. I mean, that's another intriguing concept when I first came to Aruba is I saw the same spirals and the same patterns of designs that I had seen in Utah and New Mexico and in Arizona. Spirals, is that not portal? Yes, yeah, so, so that's mostly what I, I can think is a portal. I think yeah. some of them mean some things, but I think in this case, in Aruba, a mm -hmm. lot of them mean that they're portals. Right. And right. in Arizona, a friend who studies these portals, he told me that depending on which direction this spiral goes, will tell you if it's an exit or an entrance for a portal, um, okay. which is also quite interesting. And here in Aruba, you will see the spirals going one way and you will right. also see the spirals going another way. So that so, would make sense, in or out. Yeah. I mean, these people were all communicating somehow globally. How are they doing that? You know, it's just quite interesting. I mean, burials, similar, petroglyphs, similar, the people physically similar, yeah, um, the building mounds. It's just <clears throat> it's very interesting. And, and I, I think they were communicating and, and yeah. how we don't know. I mean, clearly they were using boats. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's any question. There were two breakaway civilizations um, of the giants that were de 
discovered by archaeologists. One is in Cuba, in a cave system in Cuba, and one is in a remote part of Colombia, um, in the mm. middle of the jungle. And they determined that these were breakaway civilizations because of particular things they do um, during the burials and um, after the body has decayed. So, for example, the repetition of isosceles triangles was discovered in burials, as well as the spokes in a wheel burial type design. And also here in Aruba, the giant burials who had elongated skulls, their heads were covered with um, a, a red okra. And they were painted, once they became a skeletal remains, the skull was painted with this red okra. And the red mm -hmm. okra was from locally saw sourced manganese. So it's very possible that um, these burials were connected and these people were connected and these breakaway civilizations existed and they somehow did this through boats or maybe portals. Yeah. Or aliens. We don't know really. <laughs> Never I mean, know. There's everybody's got their own theory. Um, it's amazing. It makes you really think about the vast jungles and areas we don't have access to. It's kind of scary, but intriguing and exciting. At the same time, right? Systems, right? Because those things go on. They're all over the world. They go on there's, forever. There's loads of caves in Italy. Nobody right. wants to climb them, though. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're in the mountains. Here, yeah. I, I drive by them. When I drive by them, I was like, oh, I want to get in those caves. But mm -hmm. it's so dangerous, you know? And, and the, the giants were so brilliant because they really did these burials and, and did these petroglyphs and created this scenario that you can't even get to it and you're and, and you're intimidated by it. As a matter of fact, the cave system that I mentioned where there was a, the what I believe is a birthing chamber, I had tried for five years to get into that cave. And the, the every time I went, there, there were killer bees. Um, there are killer bees here and there was a killer beehive where you could hear the humming from the ground before you even got up oh, to the place where it was. Bees. I didn't and even think I about that. Up there, I was halfway there at the, when I got the closest to the closest point, And I noticed a five foot tall killer beehive. And I mean, that's, you know, you can't mess with killer bees. And you no. don't want climbing <laughs> on a, a limestone mesa and then all of a sudden have a swarm of killer bees come at you i mean you could fall and, and you, die you get a flash rain and you're climbing on limestone you go down fast that stuff is, is like sponge it's very dangerous it was, yeah. i've done that climb two times and i don't envision doing it anymore no that's scary life. i think you have to be really 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 experienced with limestone not even a yeah. climber just limestone is porous that's scary yeah, and pointy too. And yeah. and there are cacti all over, and there were poisonous spiders and large. Oh, well, you're a determined woman. Yes. yes. <laughs> you lost me at spiders. I was like, yeah, I'm good from the ground. You have to just put yourself in a zone, you know, because you yeah, can't see. think of everything that can hurt you. And, that's and why I don't tour the lands when I go to the islands. I go straight into the ocean. I'm yes, like, yeah, yeah, no, thank you. There's things in the ocean, but the tour guides are really good about where they take you. They usually take you to a coral reef. They don't really... Take you too far. You have to. Pay, you have to pay. Ocean. Yeah, you have to pay to dive to see something really interesting. I love archaeology, right. history, architecture, yeah. and I love the ocean. I love the ocean. I love yeah. the. I love all of that. You know. Yeah. Um, 
I'm Pisces too, so that helps. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's my birthday so, month. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you don't do you believe that giants can exist today? Because I know there's a lot of soldiers from the, Af the Afghanistan wars that claim. Now, this is a claim. I don't know. I've never really researched it. But I figured, well, I have you on here. I would just ask. They claim that they've actually, there are units that have just pretty much hunted them or come across them and have had battle with them. That they yeah. claim to have killed some. I, I mean, I've heard that. I don't know. I don't know much about those like reports. Like 15-footers. Right. Ooh. Huge. Um, I know. Like, you know, there are reports of giants still living underground, still living right. in caves underground. Um, you know, I don't have any stories that I know of people, you know, seeing giants now mm -hmm. or them emerging now. Um, but that would be very cool if they did. Or, or I don't know. I've um, recently I Dennis Stone, who you've had on here. Oh yeah, he's wonderful. America Stone, and he has yeah. a um, a print. Uh, um, a, a cast of a Bigfoot footprint from the Himalayas. And I've held it and looked at it. I mean, it's huge. Wow. So after seeing the size of that foot and comparing it to what the giants might be, yes. I... I'm I'm kind of okay with not seeing the giant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Heather. I mean, they're huge, you know. Just like I'm good. Huge. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need it. I'll, I believe. I believe. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't. I, I always wanted to see Bigfoot. I don't really want to see Bigfoot now either. It's too frightening to me. But, but there's a lot of similarities, though. I find aside from, you know, them being big and hairy, um, but there's a lot of similarities just in the stature <clears throat> and the mannerisms. But then you get into that whole how they can just, you know, disappear thing, the whole quantum aspect right. of all of that. But the fact that giants showed up on your islands just showed up. <laughs> There's right. no real record as to where did they show up from um, before that because there was just nothing before that. Right. There's no yeah. – right, there's no history before the giants. So it was – the giants and nothing before that is shown. Um, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. The archaeologists used to um, separate the ceramic, more modern occupation of the islands by probably mainland um, Arawak who came here from right. the giants by calling them um, ceramic and pre-ceramic. So the giants were considered pre-ceramic because no ceramics had been found in giant locations, which I find it's it's not true. And some archaeological reports do show that ceramics were found amongst the giants. So oh, wow. um, I know for a fact that when I go to some of the sites I, where there were clearly burials, there are ceramics there. Now, were they just inhabited by later people? That could be. But um, but the archaeologists did report that there were ceramics in some of these burials. So these delineations of, you know, um, this time and then this time ended and then the next time started, it's, it's so silly because everything kind of blended together and there was definitely overlap between um, the modern humans and, and the more average statured humans and then the large um, statured giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to do a quick station and sponsor ID. 
Yes. And then Absolutely. we'll be able to get back. And then we'll be able to continue because this is really I interesting. Know. <laughs> and of course, just like yesterday, mouse doesn't work. It falls asleep. That's what it tells me. It's sleeping. <laughs> you are listening to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on, I was going to say Ontario, on 107.7 FM and 105.3 FM. Tonight we are discussing continue oh sorry we are with heather l arnold tonight it's been so exciting discussing her continued research and debut of our new substack the island of the giants the lost race of the giants of aruba bonaire and curacao stream or listen to our archives on the platform you normally use shout out and a thank you for today and always and from day one to folgers coffee Thank you for following sponsoring our show. Thank you for continuing to sponsor our show. We both love you very much and we thank you. We are so grateful for you. A shout out and a huge thank you for our intro and outro to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp and find him on Facebook and Instagram. Speaking of which, you know the drill. If you're on YouTube and you're on Facebook, don't forget to give us a like. And if you can, subscribe. And if those notifications drive you crazy, just turn them off. But why wouldn't you want to be notified when there's a new show? Right? Right. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> bringing the best and, people. Come on now. Yeah. And don't forget, if you're just tuning in and you didn't know, we are now live on Roku. There we go. There we go. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts? Have you heard of the... Um, the X lineage gene, which okay. is believed to be, again, they can't trace the ant like the ancestry of, let's say, um, you know, some indigenous people. They just can't go back, and they think that DNA may actually be that of giants. Yeah, I mean, I I know that you know this DNA is not rooted in anything. The giants DNA is not yeah. rooted in anything that. That they that the scientists know of um, that there are some similarities with others, but it's very distinct. Um, so I, you know, I also had this archaeologist tell me that he thought that the giants were maybe manipulated by an outside non-human force. Oh, sure. Like an extraterrestrial <laughs> interaction, right. which was, again, a total off-the-record conversation. He'll yeah, never say this um, out loud in front of people, which is so, again, frustrating. So um, I personally, you know, I don't know that. I, I, I really, I've researched it because I, I don't shut the door on any theories um, because we just don't know. And uh, I don't believe to think that, I mean, to think that if we're alone in, on, in the entire universe um, is very, you know, naive, particularly right. when there are multiple dimensions. So maybe there was some sort of injection of, um, or, or of extraterrestrial DNA, or um, there was some speeding up process of certain genes or... Um, some yeah. sort of robust nature was injected into the DNA of the giants to make them who they were. That's to me, that's, you know, very possible. I know yeah. that one thing that the giants all have in common globally is this idea of living 
in caves. You know, caves were very important to the giants. So mm. um, caves yeah, also shelter. can be a connection to the underworld. And mm. to think that, you know, um, the, the giants were in, believed in the Caribbean to be born from the inside of the earth. So um, there is that connection. And do they all have that connection? It's, it's quite mm. interesting. You know, the Nephilim were believed to have been banished to the inside mm -hmm. of the earth, you know, the underworld. It's, mm -hmm. it's a repeated theme. And, and that's what I kind of look for globally are the themes that repeat um, amongst groups of ancient societies, cultures that are completely geographically distinct. It doesn't even seem viable that giants from Europe could interact with giants from North America or giants from the Caribbean or giants in South America or the giants in Easter Island, which is another place I've been to that That's right. has, has theories, uh, not theories, has legends of giants has, who, who are the ones who built the Moai. So, um, you know, it's it's hard for me to rule anything out, really, because we just don't know. And the more you research the giants, the more questions you have. You know, it's it's just you can never figure anything out because it's just so intriguing. And that's what makes it a really great topic. But it becomes obsessive. You know, you can't stop th thinking, working, researching, reading about you can't get DNA, <laughs> right? It, it's all speculative you can't get dna right. from them unfortunately you find bones you find teeth you find skulls you find all this stuff you can't get dna from it if you're going to hypothesize you know with with alien intervention in the anunnaki if you're going to really go back there you know that somewhere along the line when the rh negative bloodline got introduced and you have to look at pockets of areas where maybe giants existed like sardinia big Right. Big guys, big giants, you know, 15 feet tall. But do you know that it's got the highest concentration of RH negative, like O negative in the right. entire world? Right. Like right there, you know, that's our, like that's the O negative. But I mean, you go places, you know, like the Basque area, which is just RH negative in general. So, I mean, if you're, you know, you're factoring in things like that, you could hypothetically say, well, okay, yeah, there's intervention because, but like RH negative didn't exist. We were brown haired, brown eyed people. Right. And all of a sudden, blue hair, you know, blue hair, yeah, blue hair, really elderly, <laughs> blue hair, zombie people. But you know, it's very but, popular right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, green eyes, blue eyes, uh, hazel eyes, uh, blonde hair, you know, red hair. Like this, this all stuff that sort of came into being maybe in the last 30, 40,000 years. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think until you're able to, to you know, extract some dna from all those bones that they're hiding right and the teeth that they're hiding which i i truly believe the information is there i just right. don't think you're you're going to be allowed to access it exactly yeah, yeah i think that's you know i think that's the most frustrating part is that it's kind of like i mean these archaeological reports you know i'll mention some of these to archaeologists and they are they won't even know what report i'm talking about I mean, they haven't even read. I mean, I have dissected these reports, every single page, every single measurement, every single diagram, 
I, I mean, just to the point where it's almost maniacal. I mean, it's just so, so much research and, and there's such a trove of information in these archaeological reports that should be tapped into, should be revisited. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. last major archaeological dig that uncovered a giant skeletal remains, which is called the, the Bonaire skeleton, it was in Bonaire, was in 1980. So that was, um, and the conclusion of the, of the archaeologists at the end of that paper is that Vespucci was in, indeed vindicated that these people were giants. I mean, that's right. a major, that's a published report that is, you know, um, it, but done by uh, very famous archaeologists in the Caribbean, um, experienced investigators who determined that there were indeed giants. And yet this is like, you know, that's it. Then you close the book, put it back on the shelf. You know, it's like, wait, that's pretty big, though, for archaeological <laughs> academia. Like they don't usually fuss around with stuff like that. Like they're right. very... You, know, you yeah. don't want you don't want to be shunned <laughs> amongst your peers. So the fact that you have somebody who actually went out on a limb and put it wrote a paper on it, right? And even yeah. the fact that you have archaeologists, you know, off the record, you know, speaking about half the things they're speaking to you about, I think is a real kudos to you because normally they clamor right up about things like that. Oh yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think a lot of them, if they're if they have a conscience, are and any sort of uh, light in their soul to really investigate, are intrigued by the giants. But they're so rigid and kept in a box, you know, and and how experts are this elite status, and they're not going to get but those are the people who are paying for them to work, though. Exactly. So right? they are. That's if right. you have an independent who can, you know, like, you know, fund their, their own research, you might get a whole other, um, you know, outcome with that. Right. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's sad, but I mean, it's common sense. We're not the first kick at the can. I mean, right. so like, I mean, they're finding out of place artifacts and, and things in, in old mines that are like 200 million, 300, 400 million years old, man. Like, Exactly. You can find other races of beings that have been here. You know, it's like Amelia was saying earlier, and you were saying earlier, there's so much that's underwater that proves right. civil, ancient civilizations that predate the Ice Age, that go on and on and on. Who knows? I mean, if giants were around, you're saying five, maybe 7,000 years ago, I tend to think even through the Ice Age, if they're underground, they're not going to be affected by any of that. Who's to say they're not considerably older? Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's a whole belief of Atlantis. So in, in, in sure. you, so there's always, I'm, I'm generally always asked this question, you know, could they have been um, people who lived in Atlantis and were, and were able to get out before Atlantis sunk and, sure. you know, and part of these, this population of people, Atlanteans who scattered, um, you know, anything's possible. Uh, yeah, ancient they, Lemurians, same. I mean, exactly. they were all at the bottom there. They could have easily. And Aruba it. is part of the Antilles. So the um, Antilles are Aruba, Bonaire, Curaçao. The Europeans named these islands the Antilles 
because it's based off of Atlantis. They believe these islands were the remnants of Atlantis. And um, oh. and that's why they named the, the, these islands, the Antilles, a name that still is in use today. I mean, there's, when people address things to me, they write Netherland Antilles, um, Netherland, because now we're, you know, under... Um, the rule of the kingdom of the Netherlands. But so it's the name Antilles is still in existence and this is of Atlantis. So there's always that component. I mean, because that would make sense that there was this collective memory of petroglyphs, of mound building, which is essentially pyramid building. I mean, let's face it, um, but more primitive way. These burials were the same this fascination with the solstices, the moons, the, 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 the equinoxes. The, <clears throat> it's just, um, it's almost as if they all scattered globally mm -hmm. and took this knowledge wherever they were. And that's why there's this connection as well between all these groups mm -hmm. of people that are geographically as disparate as could be. So it's another intriguing theory of the, the, the connection um, of these giants globally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Just carrying on with their traditions. There's too many traditions that are very similar throughout the entire world in any culture. Right. You know, and when you go back into ancient times, you say, well, how, how do they make it here? Right. You I mean, know? even the temples, I've been to India, I went to Madurai, and there are temples in Madurai that look like Tikal in Guatemala. I mean, it, it's just amazing. <laughs> the same yeah. architecture. I mean, how is that possible? <laughs> that the two very how indeed. <laughs> yeah. And in the mm. mounds, you know, there the mounds here, the shell that the, the archaeologists consider garbage. <clears throat> these are mounds. These are large mounds with a flat top. I mean, these are these are designed. They're not just hey, you know, I'm. I'm eating a shell. Let me throw it over here. You know, and why are they always throwing them over in the same spot? Like, there's yeah. so many questions. I had a dozen scallops. I'll just leave them here. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I mean, the shells were considered something holy and divine because Impure. these were used in burials. These yeah. were used as jewelry. They could have been used as used for commerce. So there the shaman were, used to use them for healing. Exactly. Right. You know, they, yeah. There was a magical element to the shells. These shells were considered revered. They didn't just they didn't just need the food. They also incorporated the shells into their belief system. And mm -hmm. to think that these are just garbage dumps is again delineating um, and degrading the intelligence mm -hmm. of these ancient people. And and it's mm -hmm. um it's time that we start looking at them as even all the okay they didn't have smartphones, but did they have other technologies that are far beyond our comprehension? I think the answer is yes. And I, I think to continue to minimize these ancient cultures is really a drawback of the expert class of, of archeologists and anthropologists because it's not allowing for um, the inclusion of the, of the beliefs or the research in these other technologies that might have been in use and and metaphysical components and um you know spirituality that of of a complex society it's really just kind of dumbing them down and it's um yeah i don't think it's right and i think it's a disservice to the entire human modern human race 
that we don't do more research into the giants. I, it's frustrating, really. I, I think there's a lot of answers in that DNA to illnesses mm -hmm. nowadays. <clears throat> right. You know. Like, that could be too. Yes. And I'm sure there are teeth in these skulls that have DNA in them. I'm sure. Oh, it's probably so an bad. enormous amount because they, they most likely had a paleolithic diet. Right. So there's exactly. got to be a ton of DNA in there living high protein. I right. think the research is starting though. I think people are becoming open-minded about it. People realize that, you know, there's so much information that's been kept from us as a populace with respects to, you know, our ancestry and such, because you see people now in a lot of shows, you have so many programs out there that are talking about even just the mounds and the right. giants and what's in them. And, you know, um, archaeologists even have been, I mean, they tell deaths in the Smithsonian. It's actually interesting how many people have come on the show even and, who are you know academic and are going, hmm, <laughs> we know what yeah. they did. It's like, okay. You mm -hmm. know, so I think because of those similarities, even Dennis, I mean, he was talking a lot about the mounds on his property. Best thing about yeah. that is he owns the property. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, right? So you, you, yeah. you have somebody who's exactly. very open-minded about exploration, and he's only explored a small Right. So. And the frustration comes in because we could do so much testing here. I mean, um, we could, you know, testing underwater, you know, and um, testing of the bones. I mean, there's so many levels more that we could do. Uh, I mean, in New York State, very close to where I lived, our ancient megalithic chambers, very similar to what Dennis has on his yeah. property. And you know, we have been petitioning archaeologists, historians, anthropologists to come and research these sites and do testing to determine Just what is that. the Vatican. They've got them. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, not going there. <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> no. Uh, but there's no, they will not acknowledge these sites as being ancient. Uh, it, it's just so frustrating. There's no way. I mean, okay, some of them probably are modern or replicas, but for the most part, there you because if you've seen enough of them, these chambers, right. you know which ones are modern, which ones are replicas, and yes. which ones clearly are ancient. And an archaeologist could easily determine that, and they could do a small dig. But I just don't, I don't understand the reluctance and. Um, you know, a lot of archaeologists, sadly, they don't even do exploration anymore. Not it's funding, know, right? Isn't it? Another lot of funding. funding. Yes. Yeah. It's right? funding. So you need somebody it's behind not, you to, to pay for that. Yes. I mean, but even if they did some sort of a, you know, a, a, a round to raise their own money and, and do it themselves yeah. or, you know, branch out and do it independently, I just think it would be a, a tremendous service to, to the human story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just very frustrating because, you know, then you'll get these samples, but then you can't find any place to test the samples. No one wants to test the samples. Or they disappear. I think, or they I think samples were sent out to be tested yes. back in the day and you just never saw them again. The yes. stories of that 
everywhere. Constantly. And I hear about it even, you know, I, I met uh, someone here in Aruba, a local person who has tons of artifacts. I mean, wow. artifacts that would blow your mind. And it's just, I didn't take any photos or anything because I um, I want to be respectful. And yeah, it's a what private he, collection. Yeah. yeah. What he you has to protect them. It's, it's insane. You can't even believe it. it's almost like out of this world type stuff that you wow. can't believe from Beautiful. clearly from sites where there were giants. And, um, you know, and he said, you know, if I give this to the archaeology museum, they're going to put it in a box. So, for That's example, true. I've been to the basement of the archaeology museum here and there are it's so much stuff in the museum that no one has access to no one can see and i had a friend here who was doing a hike and found a giant tool a huge giant tool that was part of either something to break open shells or an axe or something very large placed and left exactly where it had been left maybe 5,000 years ago, if not more. Wow. So I said to him, why don't you put it, you know, take a picture where it is and everything and then bring it to the archaeology museum, show them where you got it. And he did bring them to the archaeology museum and the archaeologist said, oh, thank you. And put it in a shoebox, close the shoebox and put it on a shelf. And every time I go to the museum, I want to see is that is that stone tool there and it's not. And, and the thing is, there's only one pre-ceramic, as they call it, or archaic tool on display in the museum. It's huge. It's bigger than any other tools there. And there's only one. And it's a whole hmm. period of time of That's thousands of years that there were people, these giants were in existence. It's mm -hmm. frustrating because it would be intriguing. Aruba is dependent on tourism. So mm -hmm. wouldn't tourists want to come see the giants and the yeah. giants' remains and the giant tool. That would be great because there's not much of a nightlife there. So that would be great. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be you know educational, be interesting. Yeah. All ages would want to see this. Mm -hmm. Or sending so, those artifacts on tour would bring right. more or funds into fun. Aruba. Yeah. yeah, even something of that nature. I mean, there's so many wonderful things that could be explored mm -hmm. by, by doing further research, putting these things on display, and then educating you know, the population about our history and how it's very complex. And it's not, first it was Paleolithic, then it was, you know, it's not just, it's, it doesn't just work that way. And, no, and there's there was something before between. Paleo. There's exactly. a big something, it come a big from the air. something in between <laughs> <laughs> that nobody's talking about. Story and for some reason, people, the experts don't want to tell it. And, yeah. you know, it's sad because I see a lot of the archaeologists, they're just busy writing papers. You know, mm -hmm. they want to be published. And they all, I get that. But, you know, there comes a point where you got to get back to that Indiana Jones style. You know, you got to go back to really doing the research. And sadly, I think a lot of people anymore. aren't doing it. No, you're right. I, I you're wonder right. if we if we take it down a conspiracy theorist point of view. I'm not a theorist, but if we take it down their point of view. Let me get my tinfoil hat. I am one. Tinfoil hat. I want a witch's okay. hat, though. They may take it. They may look at this and say, well, maybe the government is and has been doing research and maybe this, this civilization still exists underground and they know about it. It could be well, why there isn't funding and why it keeps getting stopped and why there isn't continued education and, and uh, research out there. That's, that's another possibility as well, actually. Yeah. And that's mm. something people bring up often, that there could be 
research going on that we're unaware of. Um, I don't know how they would keep that secret, but um, I would think someone would spill the beans just because humans are humans, but mm -hmm. it's very possible. I'm sure people have, well, I'm sure people have leaked things, just nobody believed them. That's the problem. We're in a different time now. We're in a different time now. I think people are more open to listening and understanding and believing. I think it, right. I think we're different. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope so. that they, you know, I hope, I hope so. that, that that funding starts coming through and that there is a concerted effort to research this. At least to, you know, I mean, this is I have all these archaeological reports where they were mentioning that these people were giants. And then all of a sudden that's it. You know, it's just stops. It's just it's bizarre. Let me let me read this to you. This is very oh, kind. Hi Kenny. Hi, Kenny Blackburn. Um, he says, wow, such a detailed, well-told adventure. Heather, you are very interesting to listen to. Thank you so much for sharing tonight. It's topics like this is why I listen to this great podcast. Thank, Thank you, you, Kenny. Kenny. Oh, that's yeah, very we yeah. love you, too. And then he took the words out of my mouth. You were very <laughs> exactly. incredibly now, forthcoming and open. And thank and, you. And you have, you have something that you you are looking that, that you're starting, a new venture that you are talking about. So we're nearing the top of the hour. Now's the time where you tell everybody what you are doing, what's new, what you have coming up. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, and thank you, Kenny, for your kind words. I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I appreciate it. Um, I am launching a Substack. It's free to join. You just have to give me the, your email in the Substack. Go to heatherlarnold.substack.com. The email is just to be notified of when I'm publishing. I'm publishing in a blog form because I think people respond better to small snippets of information. <clears throat> a lot of people, I mean, eventually I'll write the, everything in the book, but I'm taking ex excerpts from my book and we'll be publishing them on Substack and most of them will be free. Some of them will be um, subscription uh, articles, but a majority of it will be free just simply because I want to share as much information with the public as possible. Also, you can find me on Facebook, Heather L. Arnold, um, and I'm Heather L. Arnold on Instagram and on Twitter as well. And I'm very active on social media. So if you e give, put your email in the Substack, then you'll be notified when I publish the first article. The first article will be mostly about the beginning stages of the giants, when the giants were first discovered, why the giants were called the islands of the giants, as well as the story of a femur that was um, sent to the Vatican that was never received. So oh, I'll um, <laughs> just give you the groundwork of the giants and then delve further into the um, archaeological reports, the physical remains, um, their traditions and their megaliths, etc. I've got something for you. The giants of Sardinia, which is the one of the highest um, centenarian populations of the world, so you know they lived a long time, um, yeah. are probably under the Vatican right now. Right. Yes. <laughs> the catacombs. That's a good point. The caves. That's a good yeah. point. You're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the Vatican has a hand in this too, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they, they go do. up for communion with Pope Francis. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was so informative. It was a lot of fun. It was really delightful 
to have you on and uh, I hope you had a great time. It was like lots yeah. of people listening uh, this evening and I've got all of your, your links set up in the show description. So Thank you. there's over 200 different podcast sites uh, for archives. So it's going to wow. be, should, well, they should be, the descriptions are all there and all the same. Great. Thank you. Such an honor and a pleasure to be on here. Thank, uh, thank you. you so much. And um, I love girl power. So that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll have to do it it's again. Let us see when your book is out. Yes, yeah. definitely. I would love to come back. Thank you so much for giving me that. Thank you. And, and I'm so jealous you're in Aruba. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> come visit. I'm here. Oh, I would love to. Yes, Let me know. Okay. We'll go snorkeling and diving. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. I'll be in Thank touch. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much. Good night. Bye. 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 Well, we have come to the end, of course, of another fantastic segment. That was just like amazing. Uh, just so informative. Wow. That was that was great. I learned a thing or two. I love learning along with everybody else and uh man i learned a lot so mm -hmm. i'd go to aruba bubbles you'll be in the water i'm going to be looking for giants yeah, i'd be in so. the water looking for the giants <laughs> under there because that's my theory right so okay. i'll use I that top you get underwater I'll use, water i'll use the i'll use the um diving excuse to get down there imagine the things you find underwater though it's stunning i miss that yeah i i feel the same i feel the same it, it's it's you know for me, it's just a matter of, I don't know. I can't, I can't just sit there and, and, um, and no, sit diving's not sitting. Diving is exploring underwater. <laughs> diving's not sitting on the beach. It's not the beach. I, I love to dive, but you know, like it's complicated when you travel because you can't get on a plane or you can die. So you, there's a lot of rules. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There, there would be for sure. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, You've got I'm, red I'm hair. You shouldn't a, be I'm in the water. You shouldn't <laughs> be in the water with red hair, though. Hey, Joe, we're still on air. <laughs> and we're still live, and here's Joe's joining us. So <laughs> anyway, and another awesome segment. Thank you so much to Heather for joining us. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Steve McGinnis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, next week, guys, we're bringing on Susie Hansen. And you guys are going to really love her. She's basically um, handles, like, I guess it's, it's sort of the, um, I guess you could say it's sort of the New Zealand MUFON. <laughs> and uh, it's called, she's the founding director of UFO Focus New Zealand Research Network. And she's a contactee and experiencer. She deals with a lot of contactees and experiencers. And she does a lot of UFO research and has been there for 40 eight years. Wow. Yep, you heard me. So she's going to Her be coming life. on Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. And on Thursday night, we have Mary Joyce. Now, Mary Joyce just wrote a book called Spy in the Sky. And she's going to talk about secrets and cover-ups that she's discovered using da, 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 Google Earth. Oh, and yeah. she's yeah she's kind of like a boatload of stuff a big thing right now i know so yeah. you know put your seat belts on and um join us next week in the meantime we're bracing here for a snowstorm hope you guys are all like heather and just sitting in the sun somewhere if not you should be and have a great weekend we shall see you all next week night <laughs>